Welcome to the back lot by Alamo Drafthouse for Thursday, August the 1st. It's already August. Can you believe it? We are coming yeah. to you, as always, from the Alamo Drafthouse here in Springfield, Missouri. I'm one of your hosts, Joey Mills, with ComingSoon.net. And joining me today in the room, we've got... David Mann with the Alamo Drafthouse. Alamo Jen. Good up. What has everyone been up to? I know a movie everybody saw this weekend. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> we, yeah, we were right. kind of chatting it up. <laughs> we could try to get the show started. Joey's like, come on, come on. I'm, I'm, I can push Save it for the show, guys. <laughs> so everybody saw Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, except for me, but I know enough to know. You're not going to spoil me. We won't necessarily spoil it for the folks listening at home because it has only been out for a week. But we'll get there. We'll talk general impressions as we go. Has anybody been up to anything else in the last week or so? Not really. I made my weight in birthday cake, but that's about it. Fantastic. 29 again? That's Uh great. Yes. Fantastic. I kind of ate my weight in fair food. (laughs) Fair food? Yeah, Yeah, we volunteered to work a couple shifts for our daughter's stuff. Yeah. I... I ate too much bad stuff over <laughs> those couple days. Is there anything at the fair that's not bad, though? That tastes great, but not no, but good for you. you. <laughs> Working the um, motorway speedway, they served this thing called a walking taco. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, my It's like God. a bag of chips with the stuff, the taco stuff dumped in it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But that taco meat, holy moly, that's amazing. <laughs> that is some of the best taco meat I've ever had. I would not have expected it from a little thing like that. Yeah. I have never been to the fair. Not ever. I like, and I, I, I try don't not to go. Care about yeah. anything but the food, but I mean that's enough that you know I'm surprised I haven't gone. Well, we have to go there again today, so we're going to mm. do funnel cakes and some other stuff. I'm like, why not? <laughs> in for a penny, yeah. in for a pound, yeah. <laughs> or five pounds, or ten pounds, or whatever. Yeah, whatever I'm gaining now. Well, let's take a look then at the top five at the box office last weekend. Holding on to the number one spot, earning just over seventy six and a half million dollars, was The Lion King. The film has made more than $1 billion in its first That's two so weeks of release. Oh, yeah. He's nuts. Last week was the billion-dollar week at the box office. We'll talk about a few others as well. But, yeah, two weeks, a billion dollars. Probably going to keep making some of these uh, remakes of animated <laughs> yeah. films. Yeah. If there was any doubt, this uh, <laughs> that sealed the deal. It, yeah. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood debuted at the number two spot, earning just over $41 million. That is the largest opening weekend for a Tarantino film topping 2009's 10 years ago 2009's 38 million dollar opening for inglorious bastards wow you guys all saw once upon a time in hollywood without spoiling general thoughts on the film i loved it loved it too i really want to see it again uh i'm not a hundred percent certain of my expect like what i thought of the film just because my expectations were insane going up to it whenever i went in i was like man this is so exciting i get to watch my favorite movie of the year having not seen it already uh (laughs) having already decided it's your favorite already decided (laughs) of course this will be my favorite movie uh it was very very good it is incredibly different yet still very similar to other Quentin Tarantino offerings. Uh, it's in no hurry. It's The pacing is fairly slow. Uh, but not said, to the point of being boring. Yeah, that's true. Uh, there are a lot of moments where it's just uh, action, not action as in like big explosions or fighting, but action as in someone doing a mundane activity. And we're uh, lingering, the shots linger on them. Yeah, and he, Quentin Tarantino's done that before in films. Uh, he definitely, it's a little longer at times, like the dog food part uh, yeah. kind of is fairly extended. There are some bathroom break moments in the film if you did really need to get up. But and I, it might be the first movie I ever thought 
of Tarantino's, and he gets this comment a lot, where it's like, you could cut this much time from it and it wouldn't matter. This might be the one where I think you could cut 40 minutes, but I want to see it one more time just so I can be like... It might be a little more accessible now that my expectations are changed because I'm used to that sort of conversational frenetic energy that he has in his films. Uh, even Hateful Eight, just the chewing of scenes and the dialogue throughout mm-hmm. is strong enough where it really, really keeps your attention. And there were a couple moments in this film, not a lot, but a couple times where I did realize how slow it was moving. Having said that, the film is also peppered with some of the best Tarantino moments that I've seen in film, where it's, he really, he does something that you would expect from him, but it's so unique and outrageous and fun and quirky and creative. Uh, It's right in line with some of the greatest elements of some of his other movies. I want to see it again, because I might be just being overly critical. Uh, It is a really, really beautiful love letter to 1969, the transition in Hollywood, uh, the the culture of the time, uh, the mentalities of the people existing within that time, and uh, yeah, it's 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 definite. I think it's brilliant. It's just I n- I need a little more access to the film that I. I want to see it again because it was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the end. <laughs> see, Very there. nice. <laughs> But there are some people who did really hate on the movie, and uh, they all talked about it on our social media yes. pages. Yeah. And you know, wow. everyone's entitled to their own opinion. But I think they ought to see it one more time because they might have been suffering from the same expectations that I had. Right? Uh, because it is slow. It is not in a hurry. There are brief moments of big energetic activity, but they are few and far between. Yes. Yeah. It's mostly dialogue, mostly setting, mostly action. So, yeah. yeah. I, would re- I would definitely recommend it. I would always recommend a Tarantino film just for originality. Yeah. For me, the moments, like he was kind of mentioning, didn't I didn't mind them being slower, you know, like the dog food thing kind of mm-hmm. led you to the next dog food thing, yeah. which I get. But, you know, for me, it's like, he just came home from doing all this. He's in his home that is not the wonderful home of Leo's character. Right. So he's just like, whatever, I'm here, and it, that's his life. I'm dumping dog food, and I'm making my macaroni. Yeah. You know, so that kind of stuff, I'm like, I don't mind it. But I was talking like, for one, Brad Pitt's character has, is now my new favorite Brad Pitt, and yeah. I, don't, I don't have many of those. Yeah, outside of Tyler Durbin, right? You know, um, but just his character is amazing. And then if Leo DiCaprio <laughs> would do a movie where he played that character in that movie, in that right. western thing, I would see it in a heartbeat because it was done so well. As like he didn't play it like okay, I'm playing this. I'm very serious about right. this character. It was a 1960s serious about like the old gun smokes and all that. Right. Where the people were acting, but they weren't by no means going out for any kind <laughs> yeah. of. Yeah. A lot of it was like uh, just talking with furrowed brows. That's like, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Indicative of the time. Uh, but that is one of the really, really high marks of the movie is the two lead performances. Right. Uh, I exclude another person that you would say would be one of the leads in the film, and that would be Margot Robbie, just yeah. because 
and Tarantino got a little upset about this whenever he was questioned about how she really doesn't have much to do. Right. Uh, I get the point of all of her scenes. They all run very long, and she has practically no dialogue with anyone else, like no exchanges. You just kind of get to see this young starlet on the brink of breaking through, right. starting to become that it girl, but not there all the way, yeah. and happy to be there. Like she's, like you see in the trailer that she's going to see, see her the movie, movie yeah. that she's in, and she's excited and sort of like that she could possibly be recognized as a fun little element to it. Yeah. Uh, she's very she's very outgoing and happy and she's constantly smiling and uh, yeah, she, is the, she is the ray of sunshine in yeah. this movie. You yeah. get to enjoy a day with her uh, while all these other things are going on. And it's almost like most of the movie takes place on one particular day uh, or at least it spreads it out to where it feels like it's right. one day. It's not. Right. Yeah. But... Like the the meat of the film, all of it sort of happening simultaneously between these three characters while they're doing what they do. Uh, hers is just a little less engrossing than the other two. Mm-hmm. That's because they have actions and interactions and conflict. Right. The scenes with Sharon Tate, there is no conflict. Uh, it's just existence, right. which is unique and creative, and maybe I'll like it more the second time. But those scenes did slow it down quite a bit, and it's already a slow movie. Uh, I wish, I do wish that she got to do a little bit more, but maybe it's that element of you don't want to put words into the mouth of a real person who, you know, historically suffered a terrible, terrible death. Fate, yeah. yeah. Uh, film's not without controversy. I know uh, the daughter of Bruce Lee, Shannon Lee, is a bit upset about the way her father was portrayed in this film. A fictional portrayal of a real person, to your point, is yeah. tough anyhow. Yeah. It's easy to portray fictional characters yeah. in a fictional setting but yeah it's well, there's that sensitivity of again someone who's no longer with us he passed away young I would say Th- there's yeah he talks shit in the movie right uh he talked shit in real life. Yeah, he did. He uh, was yeah. super cocky. Yeah, he was a shit talker. Yeah. So that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Especially uh, at that point in his career, he right. had already had multiple years of people telling him he's the baddest man on the planet. No one could beat him. Yeah. Blah, blah. So he was extremely cocky and confident. Yeah. It's, uh, the scene sort of reminds me of uh, uh, there was a, uh, an, an Asian fighter who came and did MMA and was kind of put through the ringer because he argued that some of the old fighting styles, like the karate and stuff like that, the idea of a kung fu master, uh, he thought it was far-fetched and ridiculous that mixed martial arts is a more realistic version of fighting. Right. And uh, he ended up beating the shit out <laughs> of uh, one of those uh, kung fu masters just to sort of prove it. And he, he got a lot of shit for that. And uh-huh. uh the scene in question that we're talking about, I don't want to have any spoilers, but right. there is a little bit of a mix-up between mm-hmm. a very, very famous fighter and somebody else. Uh, and it's played for big laughs. Yeah. It's a really, really funny scene. And I think that was, from what I understand, that's more of her concern is that it was played for laughs yeah. as opposed to, I don't know, I, I think she feels like somehow her father's legacy is tarnished because folks are laughing at this fictional depiction of who oh. he may have been in and that particular scene. I don't laugh scene. at yeah. him. Yeah, I, laugh I know. at the, it's the a juxtaposition of, yeah. of... he. he Everyone knows Bruce Lee was right. an amazing fighter. <laughs> yeah. uh, and the way that they set up this little 
altercation, altercation yeah. or exchange. It doesn't resolve. No. We don't know who wins or who loses. It ends before it's over. Right. So the setup where he... I don't want to spoil it. But yeah. I think it's in a reasonable way where... Yeah, it takes a little bit of the piss out of Bruce Lee because we do kind of hoist people up yeah. really, really high. Uh, that and also, like I was talking to the wife about this, at that point, he was not fighting all the time. Right. He was not sparring anymore with people. Right. He was, he was training, training, he was training he celebrities or yeah. celebrities to be. Yeah. Or, yeah. Post-Green yeah. Hornet. Yeah. And that was more fun stuff than it was, yeah. you know, serious stuff. Because he was in a different yeah. Well, frame that's, of mind. I think that was her thing. Is that it? Yeah, it was yeah. the he but, was at that point where it was the philosophy of nonviolent. He was very he was not an aggressor. In how he says and, yeah, but you know, if he would be in that situation, is my point against he would, yeah. somebody who was a tough guy who could handle himself, who gets in scraps all the time right. still, yeah. then he would be cocky enough that he would get caught off guard. By somebody who still is in the game per right. se, so and the the character that he goes up against uh, is sort of a no bullshit, yeah. I don't like hippies type guy. Sort, of, I would say a more conservative figure, right? Uh, so he's listening to all those things that you see in the trailer that Bruce Lee's saying, and he's sort of just like give me a break about it. He doesn't subscribe to any of it, and he yeah. sort of shakes his head. Yep. So. That little bit of a conflict between the two of them. It's, you know, it's it's a guy who just hears all that stuff and like whatever. Yeah. Uh, usually we see that play out in films and it goes one way. And, and it was it also here. stopped very quickly. So yeah. yeah. To say if it would have went on, maybe it would have been a different story and yeah. blah blah. But maybe Bruce Lee was taking it easy or yeah whatever. So. so yeah, I don't think that her comments were coming from. I don't like the fact that my father didn't win a fight. I yeah. think it was the the way that it was handled maybe a bit insensitive to his yeah. surviving family members. And that's her opinion. I mean, I'd say the right or wrong. Yeah, she's, she's referencing, yeah. it says a, a few other things that are a little off color yeah. or not nice right. about groups and does some yeah. actions that that character is not a not a he's nice not a person. hero, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. he would be an anti-hero yeah, uh, best, if yeah. you were gonna. I would say if anybody's gonna be upset, it'd be the Mexicans because uh, yeah, there's a lot of bad stuff in that. Yeah, from 1969, 68. Yeah. Uh, so, so I, it's not like we. It wasn't like a heroic defeat. Yeah. Uh, or it wasn't like a hero mocking. Him. Right. It's the fun character of the movie that you're most interested in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's not a great dude. Yeah. <laughs> At number three, Spider-Man Far From Home slides down to the number three spot, earning just under another $12.5 million. That puts Spider-Man Far From Home over $1 billion this past weekend as well. First Spider-Man film to break a $1 billion. At number four, Toy Story 4 slides to number four, earns under just under another $10.5 million. That puts Toy Story 4 within spitting distance of $1 billion. We'll likely get there before its theatrical run ends. And Crawl slides down one spot to number five, earning just over $4 million. Not a billion-dollar movie, <laughs> but it doesn't have to be. That brings the film's total to just over $45 million, which is a good haul for a yeah. film like that with the budget they had. He practically oh. tripled his budget. Yeah. So. That's what I was going to ask what the budget was. Yeah. So not no, no tears cried for Crawl for not yeah. breaking a billion dollars. <laughs> Alligator tears. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Alligator tears. Crocodile wow. tears. Uh, Aladdin also passed the billion-dollar box 
box office mark this weekend as well. It's funny, Aladdin, the live action adaptation, makes a billion dollars, but it took a little while to get there, whereas Lion King <laughs> is there in two weeks. Speaking of, if you look at Disney, <laughs> good old Disney, they have broken the previous annual box office record and we're not through July. Disney films have earned more than $7.67 billion at the box office in 2019. The previous record for was set by Disney. Uh, that was in 2016 with $7.61 billion. That's for 12 months. Um, again, seven months in, Disney's already there. $5 billion of that is in the international box office, which is the first time any studio has reached that mark. And by the way, Disney still has Frozen 2 this Thanksgiving and Star Wars Rise of Skywalker in December yet to come. You know, when I read that, all I could think of is Scrooge McDuck swimming in a pile of his gold coins. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> with a Disney hat on. Talking a little bit about those remakes on a kind of a side note, uh, the Disney remakes of animated films have grossed more than $7 billion in the past nine years. Uh, they kicked off, of course, with Tim Burton's Alice in Wonderland back in 2010. Made $7 billion in the nine years since, so expect that trend to continue. Especially if Lion King's making a billion in two oh, weeks. Oh, yeah. It's a little bit of sad news. Uh, we received word late last week that Rutger Hauer had passed away at the age of 75. His film debut came in 1981's Nighthawks. Uh, he starred in Blade Runner a year later, probably his best-known role. Yeah. Played nearly 175 roles over the course of his career, which was not even four decades. So, not busy guy. Yeah, well, I didn't even... Uh, that was kind of a surprise. Yeah, it was. Just, there was a brief illness, and then he yeah. died quickly yeah. and suddenly, I think. Uh, yeah, I was looking up all of his movies, and it was his IMDb is crazy. Oh, yeah. Like, I had no... I think I probably best remember him from Lady Hawk with Matthew Broderick and Michelle Pfeiffer, which was in the 80s, but... Uh, it chapter two releases in a little over a month. We'll talk a little bit more about making it. all the money. <laughs> well, I'm sure it will. <laughs> we'll talk a little bit more about it as well uh, as we go forward. But it, the runtime has been released. Film's going to clock in at two hours and forty five minutes. We're getting a lot of long movies, which lately. feels yeah. like a long yeah, time. Really, according to the director Annie Muschietti, the, there's a four hour long original cut of the film that will likely see the light of day with a home video release when they yeah. make package the ultimate 10 hour version of the two films together. It chapter 2.5. Yeah. That's a long time to sit in a theater for any movie, much less a horror movie. It feels like you're just going to be kind of exhausted yeah. by that point. I mean, if they maybe I'm wrong, we're able to cut an hour and 15 minutes out of it. Uh, it's, there's probably I always, another. I always <laughs> think like when they say, Oh, we trimmed it this much, but we might release this special edition. I always think like, uh, Oh great. Uh, you'll get an hour and 25 or hour and 15 minutes of filler. Yeah. Like it's stuff. There's that, a reason you cut. Yeah. It was able to be trimmed without affecting the plot of the movie or the, the characters. So I, I feel like that's, yeah. A little bit of. As long yeah. as it's all Bill Hader. Oh, heck yeah. I, yeah, yeah. hundred. Yeah, an hour yeah. and fifteen minutes. Bill <laughs> uh, some quick hits. We won't necessarily talk it in at length about these, but a few other headlines from this past week. Got a trailer for The Lighthouse. Oh my God! Mm -hmm. that Does that not good. look? Yes. 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 Uh, it's very good. 
There's nothing about that that doesn't look good. I was reading about the uh, filming style. Uh Uh, So the framing is uh, 1.19 by 1. So it's practically a perfect square. Yeah. The camera lens that they utilized for it uh, was built to sort of resemble... (laughs) It was old blown glass. (laughs) (laughs) Like uh, they they were trying to get the appearance of a film made in 1930. And from the framing, uh, which is really, really confined, similar to the style of actually being in a lighthouse, which is cool. Uh, But the... The, the the tone of the blacks and whites in the image are really clear, really crisp. The font but they've gone back to. Yeah. yeah everything about it is really, atmosphere, yeah. It, it looks like if it were played on one of those small it's a, TVs. It's a found footage film. Yeah, <laughs> That's what it looks found like. Found from the 30s. <laughs> yeah. And Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson both, both creepy as hell. Yeah. <laughs> uh, What's the line that he keeps on repeating? Why, why'd you spill the beans? Why'd you spill the beans? Yeah. It's like repeated three <laughs> times or four times. Creepy, yeah. atmospheric. Yeah. Can't Looks like wait. a lot of fun. Yep. The witch was amazing. So, yeah. Uh, Denny uh, Villanueva's Dune has wrapped filming. So, here comes the year and a half of post production. Andy Circus is rumored to be in the running to direct Venom 2. Okay. Yeah, I mean, he was why not? so good at directing yeah, Mowgli. <laughs> yeah. Right. That was a huge hit. Sure, why not? Uh, Colin Trevorrow, who's returning to Jurassic for Jurassic World 3, he is saying that the film will be, quote, a celebration of everything that has existed in the franchise up to now, end of quote. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I'm a little... Did he direct the second one? He'd know. Uh, they brought in... Uh, Jay Boyega to direct the second one after he was fired because he was a pain to work with on Trevor the first Rowe? one. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, I would say the quality between those two is, is different. Pretty stark. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm excited for him to return, and it's I'm glad he's returning for one that I would be incredibly interested in seeing, which would be, yeah, the dinosaurs are loose in the world. How do they deal? So yeah. I'm pumped for that. Uh, I did not love the second one. Uh, I think I opposited that. Second uh, one did not know what it wanted to be. Yeah, I felt like it had an identity crisis. <laughs> I, I seemed a little like a little less effort was put into it, which is disappointing because the first one is very audience satisfying, yeah. while also maintaining an, a huge entertainment uh, element to it. While the last one just. It felt like there were two different movie scripts being floated around, yeah. and they decided to somehow try to Frankenstein monster them together. <laughs> and and ended it ended up with all these yeah. really big plot holes. So, Among uh, other things, yeah. I'm excited for the return of the director. He, did that, didn't that gentleman do uh, Safety Not Guaranteed? Uh, is, is I that think one that his? was the it indie film his. that they pulled him from. But might have been. Beautiful film. And I, would, I like the first Jurassic World a lot. Sherlock Holmes 3, starring Robert Downey Jr. and Jude Law, will receive a near-record $20.8 million in tax credits from the California Film Commission to shoot mostly, predominantly, in California. Can't oh. wait. Those yeah. movies are really fun. Yep. It's, uh, it's like they got free time again for yeah. the first time in 10 years. Yeah. Uh, and finally, Indiana Jones 5 is expected to begin filming at London's famed Pinewood Studios in April of 2020. Is anybody excited for Indiana Jones 5 oh, Indiana after Jones, Indiana Jones uh, 4? And the search for Sasquatch? Is, is that what it is? Yeah. I hope so. That'd be great. Yeah. I'd watch that. I was going to give you a whoop de doo when I heard that. Yeah, he's, it belongs in a zoo. At this point, yeah, he's going to have a History Channel special where they're wandering around <laughs> looking oh, for stuff. Oh, wouldn't that be great if Indiana Jones went around finding like Loch Ness and like, oh, yeah, like yeah. just all that? I'll it's like, tell you what. 
audiences would absolutely hate vault? it. <laughs> yeah. Indiana Jones. Podcast. It's it's Indiana Jones I mean, starring in in search of with Zachary Quinto's Leonard Nimoy. Yeah, that'd be fantastic. I'm that'd be something. Mutt back. Oh, he could go find uh, Waldo and Carmen San Diego. <laughs> there you go. He's looking for them. New in theaters this week. Fast and Furious presents Hobbs and Shaw. That is the lone big release, wide release this week. And Great dude, menu. It looks freaking That's awesome. It's looking like a blast. Can't wait. <laughs> the toffee cake is delightful. Tell us about that. I've got it down here to get to the menu, but let's get to it now yeah, because okay. I'm because yeah, I'm getting hungry. <laughs> okay, so there is a pizza that's that's really it's got pineapple. I mean, this is a pineapple forward menu. So like, if you don't, <laughs> we like are going to the Samoan Islands. So just you know. forget all about it. Um, but the shake is like a Samoa shake. So it's like the, the Girl Scout cookie. And right. holy cow, it's got cookies on top. So good. And uh, <laughs> then we have the uh, sticky toffee cake with coconut and pineapple. And that was really good. That was one of my mini birthday cakes over the weekend. And <laughs> I, I was there for it. So all of those. And then there's, there's a couple of drinks as well, which I didn't have. But looked good. So let's say they are, um, but yeah, this is. <laughs> if a, not, let us know. This menu is <laughs> guessing they will. delightful. I had a shake for the first time when I yeah I saw. I just started at the top of the list with a chocolate peanut butter. I'm just working your way through the list. Yeah. yeah. Oh That's my it. gosh, it's hard that to was. Beat that. That's a good one. And it was so good because I was like, "Why the gigantic straw?" I was like, "I don't get that." Then I saw. <laughs> and then you was, realized. <laughs> yeah, there was like Reese's pieces in it, and then and there was then chunks of peanut. It's such a perfect straw. And it makes it, all the difference. And I thought, oh, I'll blow through this shake in like no time. No, I sat there and drank on it for twenty minutes, thirty minutes probably. Awesome. So I was like, "Oh wow, okay." There's. I don't know. It was really good, though. So <laughs> if you haven't had the shake yet, folks, you need to have a shake of some kind. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, coming up this week at the Alamo Draft House, for families, there's a lot going on. The Great Muppet Caper Kids Camp wraps up this Thursday and Friday, 10 a.m. Next week's Kids Camp is Casper. The Friendly Ghost. The Friendly Ghost with, who's in that? Christina Ricci. Christina Ricci. Bill not so Pullman. Paxton. No, Bill Pullman. Bill Pullman. Yeah. Bill Pullman. I always Love mix him. those two up. Do you? <laughs> Bill sorry. Paxton is no longer with us. No longer yeah. with us. I thought Pullman died though. Pullman. No, Pullman I wish was. I wish was with us more because that's yeah. how much I love him. I always enjoyed him. Yeah, yeah. He's His never. Son's great. We've already had that conversation. Yeah. yeah. And the young filmmakers camp wraps up this Friday. The kids are getting excited. I'm assuming. I've seen oh, props yeah, laying around through the hall and. Uh, the other day and, and they're, they're going to they screen their films on Friday right they are, for families yes. and friends and mm-hmm. that'll so be a lot cool. of fun that is cool that's going <laughs> to be a lot of fun kicking off the month of August talking a bit about the special programming here at the Alamo Drunken Master Thursday night at 7.20pm not with Bruce Lee kicking off Jackie stunt Payne. month kicking it off mm-hmm. and then Saturday night, we were talking about it a little bit earlier. You guys are bringing back a late night screening of it Saturday night at 10 o'clock. Is this the one that has, was it like eight minutes of footage from yes. it too? Mm-hmm. 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 It's so, going to be cool. It's going to have a lot of extra stuff in there for the audiences who want to come out and check it out. Plus, it uh, falls on National Clown Week. Yes, it so, does. What are you doing? So what are you really doing at 10 p.m.? Come out, yeah, come out Saturday night and check it out if you haven't seen the first one. If you're one of the three people that hasn't seen the first one, uh, make sure you come out and see it before it chapter two releases next month, early next month, like right at the start of the month. And then a Footloose movie party on Sunday at 7 p.m. because the first one sold out so fast, had to add a second one. This one with dancing. 
Yeah, we got the dancing. Point dance team. Uh, uh, are they going to be teaching? No, they're going to be rocking are, it. They're gonna are, yeah, they're going to be footloose. I mean, are they going to be bringing <laughs> folks from the uh, audience down? Oh, no, they're, they're going to do like a whole. They're routine. doing a performance. Oh, they're doing a routine. Yeah. Oh, that's too bad. I was hoping they would uh, involve I tried the crowd to get a little bit. From the crowd down last year, it doesn't work. Yeah, <laughs> they're like, no good. No thanks. The the footrest up on their their chair. It's, it's hard to get it them. Really they, I get it. It's Especially comfy. They, they once they have kicked off their the Sunday food. shoes, yeah. it's hard to get them yeah. to dance. Please and then, put them back on. Actually, <laughs> you can please do. <laughs> we don't need to fumigate the theater. Yeah. Uh, Monday, the Great Muppet Caper at six twenty p.m. Mm-hmm. You guys recently did that as a film, as a kids camp, right? Yes, we had a couple of people. And you had some adults saying, um, "If you could, kids camp, yeah, that's can you awesome. Just make it to where we can come and not." Yeah, Have it be at 10 in the morning. Kids and adults. Like right. Yeah. Great yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, Dread at 6.40 on Monday night. This it's is right. the Carl Urban yeah. version uh, from a few years ago. It's been a while now, I guess, it's actually. I say a few years, but it's probably been, what, five years? Uh, like tw- t- I'd say 11 or 12. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I'm feeling it's old. It's older than I think it is. Yeah. I never it, remember what year. Yeah. I remember seeing it in the theaters when it originally came out, and... Uh, Really being blown away. Yeah, it's it's better up. than the Sylvester Stallone version by yes. far. Uh, yeah, that's the one I keep wanting to say it is. No, <laughs> no, Judge the Sylvester no. Stallone Judge Dredd. It was really bad. bad. Two thousand twelve. It's got a campiness to it now that you know if your if your expectations are really low, it can be kind of fun <laughs> how bad it is. But uh, the new one was so just legitimately well made, yeah. well structured. Uh, yeah. And Monday night at seven, Drive. Which is a lot of fun. Love this film. Yeah. Uh, very stylistic. Uh, some people would say style over substance. I disagree. I think it has both. Uh, not a ton of dialogue, but the actors and actresses in the film are very game to uh, to sort of paint the story with their eyes and how they interact with each other. And Albert Brooks totally <laughs> got snubbed for this movie. His performance is so like charmingly evil the tonality of his voice i absolutely love albert brooks yeah uh he's such a funny dude and to get to see him like that interaction with brian cranston his final interaction (laughs) with brian cranston is just like brutal uh yeah this is a very visceral beautiful ugly movie yeah Uh, and can't recommend it enough it's if you haven't seen it it's it it matters a lot to see something like this so visually impactful on the big screen. Agree. Yep. Uh, yeah, it's it's a stunning masterpiece. I think it's uh, Nicholas uh, Refn's best film. Mm-hmm. Uh, that and Bronson, those are my two favorites. Yeah. But yeah, definitely check it out. The soundtrack also is <laughs> ah so like it's it's got a nice techno-y 80s vibe to it, but refreshed for a modern era. Uh, yeah, great film. Come see it, please. Tuesday night, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind at 6.40 p.m. A lot of stunts in that one. Mm. <laughs> a lot of stunts. Uh, sometimes we sneak in a, non- yes. <laughs> a non-themed film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're, we're oftentimes willing to just show a great movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just because people want to see it. Yeah, just yes. because we can't wait forever for this to make sense. Yeah. yeah. Oh, we have to wait for like a cerebral film <laughs> yeah. theme. Exactly. Yeah. What month do you bring in yeah. the, uh, the, oh. the the Charlie Kaufman yeah. film month? Yeah. And Hooper at 8 p.m. on Tuesday night. 
Which I honestly forgot how much I love that movie yeah. until before. Yeah. Once upon a time in Hollywood, it was part of the preview. Yeah, the the package beforehand. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hollywood stunt man. It's yeah. yeah, it's it's a really fun movie. It kind of gets buried behind some of other Burt Reynolds films that people really love, especially right. Smokey and the Bandit. And it was around that time when it was released. So comparison wise, I pe- I think it got overlooked a lot. Mm-hmm. And I remember my dad showed me that movie. Uh, it's a lot of fun. It's got a few like football star cameos. Does it have Terry Bradshaw on it? I think so. I'm yeah. pretty sure it's yeah. got Terry Bradshaw. Uh, but it's a lot of fun. It's got a cool stunt ending with a jump. It's mm-hmm. awesome. And it's got the Hollywood stuntman song. It's there's, <laughs> it's it's fun movie. Uh, you all should check it out. Absolutely. Yeah. And then Wednesday night, another serious uh, film, <laughs> Hot Rod <laughs> Movie Party. Heck Wednesday yeah. night at 6.40 p.m. probably the one I'm most excited about. Real stunt themes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, so tell us a little bit about the movie party. What are we going to be doing with this one? Oh, uh, so we're going to have a really fun competition to start it off. Ooh, uh, jumping so ramps with your bike. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be the, uh, you know, the rod quiet place dance. <laughs> we're going to allow a few people to come to the front and just show, show us, us their best. You know how they deal with their angst <laughs> and their anger. Punch dance it out. Uh, that'll be <laughs> a lot awesome. of fun. Oh, Get the energy going. That's great. That and is. it's a. It's such a hilarious screwball weird movie. <laughs> it is uh, a oddball movie. Yeah, and I remember when it came out, uh, it just really got overlooked. I remember Andy Samberg hosted an episode of a show called Scar Stories or Scars, where uh, it showed like some of the stunts from the movie and stuff. Um, yeah, it, I cannot believe it didn't immediately find an audience because I think this is in line with the quality of several other strong performing SNL movies right. while this isn't an SNL movie. Right. He's not reprising a character. I think it was yeah. what hurt it the most. Yeah. But didn't it kind of hit no. before he took off? Big, big. It's within the first two years of him on SNL. Yeah. Uh, but he wasn't, he he wasn't even, really even yeah, stride, though. He wasn't even really doing a lot of the Lonely Island stuff at that point. Or, or, he, or he was doing it, but it hadn't found its audience yet either. He hadn't peaked with the digital shorts yeah. at yeah. all. Yeah. Uh, but he had gotten like, uh, what is the... Uh, the one Lazy Sunday was already out. Yeah. Uh, f- he'd done one. a few others, but you probably hadn't had Dick in a Box yet. Right? There's, yeah, those kind of came along a little later. Yeah, come along a year later, that movie probably would have did a little better yeah. just yeah. because just name recognition. Yeah. But now it's in the Way thing of new. you forget about it. Yeah. So I forgot about it until again seeing it up on the thing. I was like, oh yes, I forgot about that movie. Yeah. There are so many movies that you can see like from the first couple years of even Bill Hader, where right. he just. Mm-hmm. Maybe he has a few lines like you, me, and Dupree. Uh, I believe he was in not 40 year old, uh, uh, knocked up mm-hmm. as just a producer for yeah. 10 seconds. Same with Kristen Wig. Uh, yeah, it's that little starting to dip your toes in to see acting. if I can make it out. Yeah, and kind of Andy Samberg and his buddies wrote a full script, came <laughs> up with the whole idea, and it's like yep. right out of the gate, they wanted to do a thing and took them a while to get to do it again after yeah. this one. All of that, plus the Alamo Drafthouse will be downtown at the Park Central Square this Friday night for Tumble 2019, the first Friday concert series. That begins at 6 p.m. You went last month, right? The month it of got July. rained out. Oh, that's uh, yeah. It, so was, it was a monsoon, like yeah. out of nowhere. Last, it was July 5th. It was just and crazy. it's supposed to rain the next few days. Yeah. So hopefully so. <laughs> it won't rain out this time either. Yeah. And the Tuesday <laughs> trivia returns next Tuesday night at 7 o'clock in the back lot. The ladies are back from summer vacation mm-hmm. to satisfy your trivia needs. 
how many people can be on format how many people can be on a team yeah the thunder no not thunder dome the trivia dome Dome. (laughs) how many people can be on a team again is it eight seven 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 so get seven rounds seven people seven seven questions seven 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 and seven (laughs) yep will there be a special on seven and seven at the time (laughs) (laughs) that may help you play triple we're bringing in seven up yeah anything that starts with and all of our prices are seven dollars but that Mm -hmm. also means that if you buy like a topo chico it's seven dollars so Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i mean pick your pick your battles on that one so (laughs) grab six of your friends (laughs) and come on out for trivia nights every tuesday night at the alamo draft house starting on tuesday Get your tickets early. A lot of these special screenings will sell out. Some probably will between now and then. I know you guys, I, we record on Wednesday. Spoiler for those. I know you guys have a big sold out party going on tonight, mm-hmm. which I'm sure will be a ton of fun. Yeah. Get your tickets in the Alamo Drafthouse app on your mobile device. Buy them online at drafthouse.com slash Springfield. Or get your tickets in person. Just don't wait for the day of the screening because you may be out of luck. You can find all of the events that are coming up in the month of August on Facebook. That's where I go every week to start looking to put the show together. Just search for Alamo Springmo. And go to the events page. You're snoozing on it. You're going to get beat to the punch. Uh, We (laughs) We had some comments, a phone call coming in on the hotline last week from Tom with Do You Nerd on YouTube. He's an Alamo VIP. He and his wife, Lacey, they left this message for us. Hey, this is Tom of Do You Nerd, and I just wanted to call to say one thing. Kenny nailed it when he said that the people that work at the Alamo always have a smile, always seem to love what they're doing. I cannot stress enough how much fun it is going to the Alamo, not only to see movies, not only to go to the movie parties, but seriously, you guys are always the friendliest people. We have never had a bad experience there, and I just wanted to go along with Kenny and give everyone there a shout-out. Thanks so much, guys. That's so sweet. It is sweet. Yeah. Thanks so much for leaving the call. And you're right. I got mentioned. Yeah, yeah, you did get a mention. He always yeah. keys on you every time Tom calls. He called about uh, your uh, Goonies adventures uh, oh, a couple yeah, weeks ago. I was ago. thinking that they always talked about David. No, they're, now they've moved. Well, to they camp. talk about yeah. David. <laughs> yeah. We just can't put those calls, we can't put those calls on <laughs> there. Okay. I apologize. Oh, that, yeah, that reminds me. You have some fans out there that have called and left some messages no. for us that we can't no. air on the show. Are they? They're pretty rough on me, huh? Yeah. Uh, you, we have some of those as well. That's fine. Depends on if you think gangland beating <laughs> is rough or not. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, it depends <laughs> on your, your version of rough. Uh, this summer, all summer long. <laughs> all right. <laughs> we are asking <laughs> for your favorite movies from the summers of the 1980s we're going all the way back year by year choosing our favorite summer movies and then those again are released between memorial day weekend and labor day weekend of that particular year and then each week after we make our picks we ask you to vote for your favorite from that year here are the results so far Raiders of the Lost Ark was the winner from 1981. E.T. was the winner from 1982. National Lampoon's Vacation from 1983. Then we threw those three films head-to-head, and E.T. is the winner. Moving on to represent the early 80s in our summer finale, which will be coming up in a few weeks. Looking at the mid-80s, we had Ghostbusters from 1984, The Goonies and Back to the Future Tide for 1985, and Ferris Bueller's Day Off was the top film from 1986. We threw those four films together to find someone to represent the mid-80s, and we did that last week, and we have your results. Number three and number four were tied with 17% of the vote. They were Ghostbusters from 1984 and The Goonies from 1985. Come on. 
At number two, with 22% of the vote, was Ferris Bueller's Day Off. And at number one, even though it could not win the year 1985 <laughs> by itself, it did win for the mid-'80s. Uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. No, I'm sorry. Back to the Future from 1985 is your number one spot. It's your winner. It will be the film that will represent the mid-'80s when we throw all these things together at the that end of the year. Right. That, that feels right. That feels right. Fair. I think it does, too. You know what? It. It's funny. Going back, we couldn't pick one yeah. from that out of the four from last week anyway. So any one of those would have won. We'd have been like, yeah, that makes sense. So Yeah, but I felt really, you know, I, yeah, I, I do think no matter which one would have won, I would have been like, I can see that. But Back to the Future was such a blockbuster. Yeah. You know, it was, it destroyed everything. So, so I see it. I see it. Well, they're all even brought into modern day pop culture oh, yeah. references somewhere. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, they're always on people's minds. So, yeah, yeah. that's a tough one. Yeah. So, what we have then, we have E.T. representing the early 80s, and we have Back to the Future representing the mid-80s. We have got to find somebody, a film, to represent the late 80s. That would be 87 through 89, and we're going to start that process this week by taking a look at the films from the summer of 1987. We will make our picks in the opposite order of how 86 shook out, which means David will get the first pick. Woo. So Woo. looking through the list, feel free to talk about any of these that jump out, anything that, you know, whatever. I feel like there's probably a, more than four. We're only going to pick four. There are probably a few, five, six, half a dozen that would be in the running to possibly make this poll. Um my yeah. pick's gonna win, so it doesn't even matter. Possibly, what you it, it has a it has a lot of. You're not. You know. You're not going to. So, there are several movies on this list uh, that I would say are kind of guilty pleasure, right? Great movies, uh, and I'm talking about Ernest Goes to Camp. You know, I think <laughs> it, I, I honestly think that if that is in the poll, if that is somebody's pick in this I room, I think it will get some. Votes. I think it would get a surprising number of votes yeah. because for a people of a certain generation and even regional very i think that there's a lot of love for that mm -hmm. film i happen to love a lot of the Ernest films that i was raised with mm -hmm. Ernest p Worrell, uh so i love them who was a uh, was it furniture sales is that how he got the character started doing some sort of sales in oh, atlanta uh, area i know he also it was either did like squirt advertisements yeah but even prior to that, that it, was, it was a very local i, I want to say it was like a either it was a local furniture business or something like that. that's where the character originated and then it was brought into larger actually, ads, I and then it was brought that. into. I would yeah. actually really like to see how Jim Varney got that inspiration because it's, yeah. it's it's a fun, silly, light character. A lot of fun. That's not my pick, right? But it definitely deserves to be mentioned. Uh, Untouchables, great. Uh, Predator, great. Uh, Dragnet sucks, but I like <laughs> yeah. it. Uh, right. <laughs> yeah, I like, I like it, it a lot, actually. Uh, <laughs> Uh, what is his name? Streebeck. That's the name of Tom Hanks' character. Yeah. Uh, Spaceballs. Uh, wonderful film, and I think that would do really well. Uh, I'm not going to list the rest of the other ones that right. I enjoy, just so some other people can discuss. Yeah, them. that's fine. But my pick, uh, I'm going to go with Full Metal Jacket. Mm -hmm. I think it nice. is the best movie on the list, meaning construction, acting. I know a lot of people sort of isolate the movie into two acts and say, wow, the first act of Full Metal Jacket is so amazing compared to the second half. 
but I think both parts of the story are very, very important, and the first half really informs the characters as they move on. Uh, having said that, Arlie Ermey absolutely steals the movie. Well, that, that was his first, that was his breakout, right? Yeah, because I mean, he was a consultant on the film, and they ended up right. utilizing him in that role, and he was kind of allowed that. to say what he wants to yeah, say. Yeah, they gave him uh, free reign. So. And he's brutal. Uh, Vincent D'Onofrio is haunting, is scary. <laughs> At first, really, you you see this character and you feel horrible for him, but as they do break him down and destroy him, you start to get that worry, and he seems off. And he doesn't start seeming off. It's he just goes through so much, and by it's like you stop feeling bad for him and start worrying about mm-hmm. him. And, uh, I mean, we know how it plays out. It's Mm -hmm. a very brutal scene. And Stanley Kubrick is such... uh, He's such a detail-oriented director, and this movie's no exception. I think Full Metal Jacket is the best movie on the list, maybe not the funnest to watch. (laughs) You definitely need need to be in a mindset. (laughs) I tell you, a lot of times I have shut it off before it gets to the second little bit. uh, But... It is through and through a wonderful movie, but the first half is so splendid. Uh, that's my vote. So I have a theory about this film. This came out, it was filmed in 85, 86, yeah. which is the same time that the writing and publication of Watchmen, the graphic novel, was taking place. Yeah. And I think that Matthew Modine's character, which is the Joker, in, Joker? Is, is the comedian from Watchmen. Oh, yeah? If you look at a few, because he's got the pin on his lip, I think there's a connection there that was totally accidental, totally coincidental, but I can't watch that movie without thinking that somehow that archetype, that character... I of the guy that just is, yeah, that is, there's a, a strong connection there, yeah. I feel. Because uh, Kubrick does like to sneak things in, mm-hmm. and he litters his shots with information that you might not think matters. Yeah. I mean, documentaries have been made about his movies. Uh, and, yeah, and conspiracy room. theories yeah. and everything else, uh, yeah. Because they are so uh, mapped out, and so there's just so much to them, Easter eggs and yeah. tiny minor details. Uh yeah, Full Metal Jacket. That's my vote. All right. Well, Kenny, I know what you're going to pick. Anything else you want to talk about before <laughs> you pick? Well, you know, this list has got some great stuff. Like he was saying, you know, you've got funny movies like Born in East L.A. and Dragnet and Spaceballs, which is I almost need to be happy. You know, I want to I want to last. I want to watch these movies. Then you got movies like The Untouchable, Predator, that you know, RoboCop. Like, okay, I'm going to be my 14 year old angsty, <laughs> need a manly man movie kind of show and stuff. But of all these movies, my all time favorite. Joey knows this before I even mentioned it. Yeah, I'm already writing it down. So yeah, <laughs> and that's The Lost Boys. Yeah, yeah, that will forever yeah. be one of my all time favorite movies. That I'm, I can be happy, sad, angry, whatever. I can sit down and I will start watching this movie from beginning to end. So. The Lost Boys, yes, is probably my favorite on the list as well. It's one of those movies that's not about vampires. It's about divorce. And it's kind of like E.T. E.T. is not about an alien. It's about divorce. Too and it's bad all these movies couldn't be about divorce that won. You know, I mean, but it's the way it's it handled. It's so good. Ernest yeah. Goes to Camp's about divorce. Yep. 
Second divorce. The Monster Squad's about divorce. A lot of people don't know that. Uh, the Care Bears Adventures in Wonderland. <laughs> I don't think that one is. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's about uh, trial separation. Maybe so. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're right. <laughs> so, so we have Full Metal Jacket and The Lost Boys. I have the third pick. And uh, as we said, I think The Lost Boys is probably my favorite on the list. I will mention uh, The Monster Squad because that is another one that's kind of like it, it's Goonies with monsters, um, which I is a lot that. of fun. I love that it's movie. a great movie. Another one that I'm not going to pick, although it could possibly win the poll. So I don't know that Jen is or isn't going to pick it. Um, but Dirty Dancing feels like kind of the obvious choice, yeah. the, the low-hanging fruit. I'm not going to pick it. Well, yeah, when a girl turns 13, she automatically gets that movie on DVD. Sent to her in <laughs> the, the I think the government yeah. sends those, yeah. <laughs> uh, there are some others in here that are fun as well. Adventures in Babysitting was a lot of fun growing up watching that. Um, I think everybody had a crush on Elizabeth Shue at some point in the 80s. Still do. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Harry and the Hendersons is another really bad uh, John Lithgow movie with a Bigfoot. Um, Oscar winning movie. <laughs> it's it's something. Great movie. I love that. Inner Space is just goofy and fun. But I think if if I can't pick The Lost Boys, my second favorite movie on this list, I'm going to go with Roxanne. Oh, I love with it. Steve Martin. It. It's the I retelling of so the Cyrano. I was going to say, I think. That he might have pulled. No, did I not I have steal about it? Okay, four, and I'm really struggling right now. All right, so that leaves Jen with the last pick. Somebody's gonna give us dirty comments if we don't have dirty dancing, but I'm not gonna force you to take it because it seems like we always leave you <laughs> with the winner of the poll. I know. You pick so fourth I feel a lot, like, but I that's feel all right. Like it would be you know a jerk move just to take dirty dancing because I know that because it'll win. But win. you pick with and your I think heart. It would you be do what you want to do. To not pick it and not even have it make. It's it not as a. Yeah. I, think I think there's another one that could also win on that list. Yeah, that hasn't been picked. Masters and of the it's Universe. Summer School. No. <laughs> but seriously, the movie Summer School. Loved that movie. Loved Mark Harmon. Mm-hmm. Loved Courtney Thorne Smith. I watched it so many times. Uh, so I can't really. It's got a great peanut butter scene, you know, with the dog. <laughs> yeah, um, the horror. What? I haven't seen the film. It's called Summer School. It's not called Dirty Summer School. It's not. It's not. You said peanut butter dog. Dirty dancing. Not seen the film. I was like, Whoa. not Dirty Summer School. Where someone's um, heads at? So <laughs> we don't show those kind of movies here, David. So then I have to look <laughs> at uh, another movie that. But oh, shout out for Can't Buy Me Love. I did try to watch that. Uh, again. It was on TV. <laughs> yeah, it's hard it, to it do. It was <laughs> really hard to watch. So that's thank goodness because otherwise, if maybe would have picked that one. Yeah. So I think I'm going to go with just because I liked it so much more than Dirty Dancing. Spaceballs. Yeah. Spaceballs. Yes. The Schwartz is another the yeah, another one that ate out, himself with what's <laughs> left. That is a old good choice. Yeah. Yeah. yeah really loved it. Uh, Sorry, Dirty Dancing fans, but I feel like that movie's gotten quite enough by way of attention. Also, sh- just... shouts out to Jaws the Revenge, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, let's not. I, <laughs> I looked at Jaws, because I was thinking, what are all the movies I saw that summer that I remember? And, and that, this that is kind of the there. list, that yeah. on there, yeah. And, uh, these definitely fall into category of, I've seen several of these multiple times. Multiple mm-hmm. times. We didn't mention RoboCop on here. Um it yeah, is in the space. list. I really liked it. Inner space was a lot well. of fun. Yeah. Yeah. 
La Bamba is on the list. I love La Bamba because yeah. I love that whole story with uh, Richie Valens. Yeah. So. yeah. Which Superman has Richard Pryor in it? Is it three? It's or this four? one. It's four. Yeah. Okay. Quest for Peace. Oh wait, no. Is it? I, I think it is. It, Quest for Peace is the one with the, the where they're sun. on the moon. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, it's like the, the sun guy is the bad guy. Yeah. And so. who's that girl? That that was with Madonna. Jeff better than. Yeah. <laughs> was that Madonna's first yeah. film? Yeah. The first time she thought she could be a movie star? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's true. She, uh, thought about it a couple of she did think about yeah. it. Yeah. Nobody else's. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Garbage Pail Kids movies on the list. The Big Easies on the list. Uh, there's there's some films here, but we have our four. Again, they are Full Metal Jacket, The Lost Boys, Roxanne and Spaceballs. Let us know which of these four is your favorite film from the summer of 1987. The poll is up right now. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook. Just look for Backlot Pod and vote in this week's poll. The winner will be announced on next week's show and they have a chance. They will move on to potentially represent the late 80s at the end of the summer when we take a look at the 80s as a whole. Next week, we'll be back doing the summer of 1988. Give us your thoughts on anything we've talked about. What are you going to see this week? What would you think of it? What would you think about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood or anything else you see? Let us know what you think about Hobbs and Shaw. Uh, if Let us know if we should have put Dirty Dancing on this <laughs> list or any of your thoughts on the movies from the summer of 1987. Did you see the peanut butter scene in summer school? Let I couldn't know. believe it. It's so great. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> If we use your comments, we'll give you a shout-out on an upcoming episode. Again, you can find us on social media by searching for Backlot Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, or call and leave your thoughts on the hotline, as Tom did, at 417-986-7842. We would love to include your recorded comments in an upcoming episode. And be sure to follow the Alamo Draft House online on social media. Just search for... At Alamo Spring Mode. Wow, he jumped on that one. On Facebook, Almost Instagram, like and Twitter. Locked and loaded. <laughs> you can download the Alamo Draft House app. Just search for Alamo Draft House in your mobile devices app store or visit the Alamo Draft House online at drafthouse.com slash Springfield or just pop in and say hi and give David a big old wet kiss. He'd love that. <laughs> Tongue in the ear. (laughs) There you go. You can find Kenny and I weekends on the Pop Goes the Culture podcast. Season two starts Labor Day weekend. You can find us online by searching for at PGTC podcast. That stands for Pop Goes the Culture podcast on social media and at popgoesthculture.com. Anything else? I think it's going to wrap us up for this week unless somebody's got something else to discuss. I'm good. We're pretty chatty today. We were a little bit. That's good. All right. Well, we are going to get out of here then. Welcome to August. Hope it's a nice, cool one as July ended. As starts, yes. Back to school season is upon us. I have been Joey Mills with ComingSoon.net. I'm David Mann with the Alamo Draft House. Alamo Jen. Good up. Enjoy your weekend. Come see a movie at the Alamo Draft House. We will talk to you guys later. See ya. See ya. Later. Bye. This show has been brought to you by the Pop Goes the Culture Podcast Network. Find links to all of our podcasts and more at popgoestheculture.com.